Can you feel it coming in the air tonight, people? It is now T-minus one week from the University of Louisville returning to that football field, taking on the Syracuse Orange. Little Malik Williams to get uh, Malik Malik Williams. Lord, these Malik's Malik Cunningham <laughs> to get your morning started going right. We got plenty to talk about. You can feel it coming in the air. Hey, you know what? Joined as always in studio. I wake up five oh two with Rashawn Myers by my man, the myth, the legend at that boy's good, Mister Joe Kelly. Joe, how you doing this morning, sir? Uh, man, I'm ready for some football, Rashawn. Hey, doesn't that get you? Doesn't that just get the juices flowing a little bit here in them highlights, man? We, you know, we laughed about it week zero and how useless week zero can be, but I don't care. I'm going to watch Northwestern <laughs> Nebraska at noon. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we are one week away from from a uh, a certain team, whoever you cheer for, dictating your entire weekend. Oh yeah, like that. It's literally going to determine, uh, like. <laughs> for a game week one against Syracuse, I don't know if it, it's so funny. Syracuse has been one of those teams that, for whatever reason, has been a litmus test, a jump-off point. It's been one of those games that Louisville has seemingly you know, dominated for the most part. But like, usually it's a pretty decent barometer on what your season's going to look like. Outside of last year where, of course, Louisville came in limping. But, of course, you had the, the surroundings of the Lamar Jackson uh, jersey number retirement, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of bolstered that. It was kind of like one of those things where, all right, eight's in the building, he's getting his jersey retired, Neely Bendapudi's trying to shove herself in every picture, so I guess we better show up and play. <laughs> it was like one of those things. You know? Neely is wild to look at in hindsight, man. <laughs> to be able to look back with 2020 vision, you just go, yeah, yeah, you had one foot out the door. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like she, she definitely um, had her own <laughs> – thing happening that whole time while she's trying to shove herself in front of Lamar Jackson. She had already probably accepted that job at Penn State at that point. I just love that, man, even when even when they're trying to do better and hire somebody to come in and clean it up, you, the, the person that's coming in to clean up the mess is screaming at employees, don't cooperate with the feds. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was just a, that's a while. Like, just to go back, I feel like at some point they're going to look back and – it's going to be very wild, some of the stories and some of the things when we look back. It's going to be like, what? Like, was Louisville, like, on a, in a fever dream for, like, seven years? Like, the, the Dallas season where JR spent the whole mm-hmm. season sleep? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, was all that real? I, I feel like the universe has gotten its pound of flesh and then some for the year of the Cardinals. So just leave us alone for a while. <laughs> just, just a little bit. But I, I, like, I, there was a, there's a theme today. And in the air tonight, um, I thought was a perfect. Not only is it is it a nice backdrop for some some great highlights from uh, Malik Cunningham, but just also uh, it's kind of symbolic of what I want to kind of talk about this morning and what I you know kind of wanted to focus on. Um, and, and it's for me the I, I feel like the theme of the show and the theme of this year, Joe is is put up or shut up time. I can feel it coming because guess what? You got seven days left before all this stuff you've been talking about and running your mouth about, and I'm talking about head coach Scott Satterfield and the rest of the coaching staff. Everything that you try to dismiss away, everything that you try to 
throw excuses behind in terms of losses to Air Force. Uh, that didn't happen. M- m- multiple losses that that were head scratching uh, from Wake Forest to um, uh, uh, Virginia uh, to just so many head scratching decisions. Clemson, um, you know, we we know the hits, um, but I feel like it's put up or shut up time because we've heard it's all been about an agenda. It's all been about, um, you know, the, the, the narrative that they wanted to spin on the season. And, you know, <laughs> rightly or wrongly, the, the, the powers that be decided that they were going to help the coaching staff um, carry that narrative. It's all about the players. It's all about we didn't have enough players. We didn't have enough depth. For some reason, the fact that our recruiting room wasn't big enough was the reason we lost games last year. Which has always been odd to me. So hold, hold hold on, coach. Like we lost games because you didn't have enough recruiting staff. Like, do they prepare game plans and and make calls on third down? <laughs> like, didn't really understand that one. I mean, that's the biggest question mark I have, <laughs> and I think most fans do. Is I, I'll know. You asked the question last week. Uh, how long into the season is it going to take to know what uh what we have? The second, third, third and short. Yeah. Second, yeah. the second time it's or the second, third and long. The second time it's third and fifteen, and we line up twenty yards off the receiver. Absolutely. But then I'll know nothing's changed. <laughs> it's going to be a very frustrating year, and if we don't get turnovers on first or second down, it's just going to be ugly. Or or or, or on offense when Louisville has the ball, and for six con- consecutive first downs, they run the ball every time mm-hmm. on first down. Like, <laughs> well, but you're not going to see what's coming on the seventh round. <laughs> You, you can't okie doke somebody if you don't set them up, Rashawn. This is this is basics. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that, that, that's what I've been told. But you know, I, it's it's going to be very interesting. And, and this is the thing I want to do because I've heard a lot of talk about the players, and I've heard a lot of talk about now Louisville has what they need to get it done. Now they have the depth. Now they have the transfers. Now, and I haven't talked a lot about players this whole summer. And that's not to disrespect any of them because I know all of them. Every, everybody from, you know, Tyler Hudson uh, coming over from Central Arkansas, he looks like he's going to be uh, a very nice player for Louisville. Tyon Evans, the transfer from Tennessee, um, you know, just the, 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 the ridiculous front seven Louisville has. And I haven't talked about the players because I want to make a point is that one thing I'm not going to do, and, and, and Axel Foley said it best, don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. And I haven't forgotten, and I haven't forgotten my target all year, and I haven't forgotten. I am still angry about that Air Force game. I haven't let it go. The game never happened. <laughs> I have not gotten over it. What are you talking about? I am still furious about it. I've been angry about it. I've never. Like, Joe, I've seen Louisville lose some games that I've been frustrated by, angry by. Uh, you know, watching UK beat Lamar Jackson in his Heisman season, like that Air Force game pissed me off more than that. Yeah, I have to go back to like old <laughs> Southern Miss games when we played yes. in Conference USA. Yes, just because the worst part about it, Rashawn, is Ed, we talked about it at length going into that game. We knew what was going to happen. We knew what was going to happen if your if your quarterback is struggling. Louisville's defense last year was was a cure for all ails. And to just know that they're going to line up in a team that hadn't thrown the ball, what, 30 times in four games? 
Yeah. Comes out and just dropping bombs. Oh. Just carpet bombing our defense, our secondary. And the sad thing about it was, Joe, I came into the game and I said Louisville was going to probably lose that game to Air Force. I had no belief. I figured that, that there was going to be some way in which Louisville was going to screw it. I believe I actually predicted Air Force to win that game. Um, and it just and it's not because I don't think that Louisville has the players because I think Louisville is exponentially more talented than Air Force. Um, I, I feel that Louisville has um, they've been well coached in terms of, of their uh, um, their their techniques, their fundamentals, everything that that makes a football player a good football player. I feel like they've been well schooled on that. But the the the, the issue that Louisville has had and has continued to have, has been the schematic disadvantage that Louisville's had when things get tough, things get tight, um, or just completely flipping a game plan, like literally. It's insane to me the the struggles that they've had identifying and and securing a good defensive coordinator over multiple staffs. Yeah, well, It's been ugly since since Grantham. Well, and and I tell you what, though, but but it's funny, because this is where it's – the, the funny thing about it, and, and and I'm not trying to come on here and make this a bash Coach Brown and Coach Satterfield session because it's not because this is the thing that I've continued to say, and I will reiterate it again for anybody who, you know, that they want to say that I'm coming out and I'm negative and I think that Louisville sucks and I, I'm, you know, have an agenda. I, I think Coach Satterfield and Coach Brown are two of the best coaches in the Power Five. I have seen their development of their players and how much better. Like, one interesting thing about it, even though the the records have gotten worse from year one to year three, I've seen steady improvement from the team on both sides of the ball. And that's the crazy thing about it is because I have seen Louisville improve. I've seen the players improve exponentially, like the tackling, um, the the rallying to the ball, the – all the thing, the technique, the technical part of it, like that was probably the biggest thing with by Petrino that was lacking. The the technique was pitiful, especially defensively, and that has completely flipped and done a one eighty. But the crazy thing about it is, is like you've got done a great job of getting the players individually prepared, but you've undermined all that good work by just doing some of the most head scratching things schematically. And, and situationally, when it comes to time to make a play, and that's what drives you crazy. It's almost like, you know, I said that Louisville to me last year probably trolled their own fan base more than any time I've ever seen it in my life. To where every time they would get you on the hook and say they're about to get this done, they're looking good, you know, this is awesome. About midway through the game, that you know. It looks like they're ready to make a big move, and then all of a sudden they just fall apart. And and that's probably the craziest thing about this whole situation is that you don't get up on Clemson, and you're not beating up Clemson running the ball straight down their throat. You don't um, you know, have the opportunity to get up that big um, on, a, on a good Virginia team last year um, and then let that go away. You don't go there on the road um, and, and Wake Forest, you're taking it to them early, and then you just let it go. Those were some decent teams last year. I know the ACC struggled as a whole, but – that didn't happen on accident. Like that, That's one of the biggest things that I've tried to say about Scott Satterfield. And if you want to get in, of course, 414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. 384-1450 is the uh, Wake Up 502 buzz line if you want to give a call in this morning. Um, I, I, that I, This is not a bad session. Like, literally, I, I, I'm not out here trying to 
prognosticate doom and gloom, I am expecting more because I really and truly believe that this is a very good coaching staff. Uh, look, look, looks like we actually have a caller in. I don't know if this is this might be Haven Harrison. I don't know who's calling in. Caller, what's your name? What's your comment? This is Haven. Hey, I'm him from Covington. That, hey, what's going on? The the man, the myth, the legend himself. I knew you was going to be calling in this morning. I wasn't sure if it was you or if I'd already uh, upset some people with with my uh, mouth flapping, my gums flapping this morning. Haven, how you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing good. How about yourself? Man, uh, you know what? If I was doing any better, dude, I just couldn't stand it, man. It's, it's, it is a uh, a beautiful, beautiful Saturday morning. I know you have been jet-setting all around the world. <laughs> the Chinese man. theater. Hey, hey, like, just kind of talk about what, what you've been doing. I, you know, I, I want to hear this, and then I'm going to get back into this guy, Satterfield, because I do uh, have some questions for you on that. You know, be, you being our football expert. Um, you know, I I want to hear from you, but but uh, just kind of talk about what you've been up to, man. Man, so this week I took like a I think like a well a twenty four, maybe like a thirty six hour trip if that long to uh, L A. Man to go to the premiere of Clerks Three by Kevin Smith, with my good friends Andy McCorkle, who's an award winning director and writer, uh, had a had a plus one. It's like, hey, if you can get to L A. Let's walk the red carpet. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about that life. <laughs> so I got my plane, went out to L.A., got to meet Rosario Dawson, of course, Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes and the entire cast of characters of um, Clerks 3. Got to hang out with the Danny uh, Trejo. So man, it, it was it, it was fun, man. I I really enjoyed it, man. Got to go to famous uh, Grandma's Chinese Theater, uh, walk the red carpet, got to see some sights, got to hang out with Budget Spider-Man. <laughs> um, budget Spider-Man, not Budget Spider-Man. Yeah, man, it's just a dude dressed in Spider-Man outfit out front, man. We were taking pictures and hanging out. That's hilarious. Uh, I know. That selfie with Rosario Dawson was dope. I was like, I, I'm I'm kind of lightweight jealous right now. I don't like Haven. <laughs> <laughs> but he, no. was, he even went to the infamous uh, Scum and Villainy, which was a, uh, a bar that uh, some guy had built in, in North Hollywood. Well, it recreates the cantina from uh, the first Star Wars. Oh, really? So it looks exactly, yeah, it looks exactly like the cantina from the first Star Wars. Interesting. I know, right? I mean, things I, you see in that. Movie. You know, I, I'm I'm telling you, like, I just I just Haven. I, I I tell you what, this is one thing I always say about the about the main event and just my my, my crew in general. Yourself, Jay has, uh, you know, Joe Kelly. And all the rest of our folks, you know what I'm saying? But, like, y'all don't understand the moves that that, that that we be making. Like, I know that some people will get it, you know, get talk real loud about being at somebody's car dealership <laughs> doing a show or out at some golf club. Like, understand the, 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 the rivers and lakes in which we play. <laughs> like, it's a whole different level. So, yeah, 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 y'all can have that. Yeah, y'all can hand it. Like, and that's no disrespect to any of our local – automotive dealerships, golf courses, anything else. But um yeah, yeah, that's that's just kind of how we do with the, with the main event wake up 502. <laughs> but Haven, hey, I got I, I I have got to get your thoughts on this. And and Joe kind of um gave some of his thoughts earlier. I want to get back to him on that. But with this Louisville football season, kind of the theme of the show, of course, um is put up or shut up. Like it, it's time to make this thing happen. If if, if we're going to 
If we're going to do something, if we're going to get it going, got to do it. Got to do it now. I'm tired of the talk. We've heard that, you know, we've seen like I heard somebody. I can't even remember who it was this week say that that Louisville is going to be better on the field because of their recruiting efforts with like the Don Bosco kids or St. John Bosco and uh, uh, Pierce Clarkson. Like because they recruited better, that's going to make them play better on the field. Like, are you buying any of that? Like, uh, like what, what, what? What do you think about this Louisville football season? All the, the the hype, all the good feelings. Are you buying any any of that, or are you kind of in a wait and see? I'm in a wait and see. You know, and like we've said this before, this is one of those things where they're going to have to win at least seven or eight games this year, like minimum, minimum. I mean, this is easily Louisville's most balanced class since Satterfield's been here, as far as talent on the offense and defense. Uh, it's an upperclassman laden team. He has some great transfers and key spots, specifically defensive line and linebackers. So everybody's healthy at, at the moment. I mean, like, this is his year. I mean, if there's a year that they're actually going to do something, like, this This is it. You got all the pieces in place. You only have to go. I mean, and I know he has probably the, the, easily the greatest recruiting class in Louisville's history coming in. Easily the greatest recruiting class in Louisville's history. And I'm still apprehensive because of, you know, of the coaching we've seen so far. You know, and, and I, I still think Satterfield is a good coach, right? I, I think he's a, he's, he's a good Very coach. Very good coach. Very good coach. But he, I, I think he, he's just still too timid. Now, I'm not going to lie. Like, if this was, like, a Charlie Strong-led team, but this recruiting class, I'm like, dude, we're gonna be mobsters like three years at least. Well, you know, I mean, come I a mean, great shot. Like, Haven, think about this front seven right now, and, and and Joe, you as well. Right now, Louisville's sitting with a front uh, projected front seven of, of course, Yasir Abdullah, who was you know the one of the the best sack masters, and not only the ACC but all the country. You have Yasir Abdullah on one outside linebacker. You got Monty Montgomery on the other side. You got Momo Sinogo, um, who was the uh, the leading tackler in the SEC a couple of years ago. Um, at Ole Miss, uh, you know, you have Ben Perry, who was Louisville's number one recruit out of Chicago last year, who's moved down into the box um, and is going to play at that card position as that hybrid um, interior outside linebacker, defensive back role. Um, and then across the front line, you're going to have Yaya Diaby, Ashton Gelati, and Jermaine Lole or Desmond Tell, um, because I've heard that Desmond's been playing very well. That front seven right there is as good as Louisville's had in a long time. Like since the, Grantham's first uh, couple years, when he was still feasting off Charlie's kids, like so that's an elite front seven, and I mean, and and the back, you know, and the defensive backfield is awesome as well. I mean, when you talk about bringing over a transfer like Quint, uh, Quincy Riley, um, I've heard Jarvis Brownlee, uh, the transfer from Florida State, has been very good. Um, Trey Clark is back at a, at a hundred percent. Um, they said he's looked really good when he's out there, and you have um, you know Josh Minkins and Ken Derrick Duncan out there at the safeties. Like, Louisville has that starting unit should be one of the best two or three units in the ACC. Am I wrong about that? I mean, they should be, but but once again, it all goes back to are we still going to play that ultra-conservative style of defense? Are we still going to rush three, drop eight? You know, are, are we still going to give their receivers 15 yards cushion coming off the, you know, off the ball? I mean, and, and, that, and that's what it comes down to. I mean, I, I've always thought Louisville's had enough talent 
to be better than what we have down the field. Yep. I, I think that I, I think that soft coaching and game and, and yeah, that's a soft coaching has just cost us some games. Joe, at some point, don't you just have to let your players play and have that belief in them? Like, it just seems to me like it's been a lot of babying the players and kind of backing them off so you don't get burnt because you don't trust in your one-on-one coverage. At some point, you just got to trust in the players, don't you? Yeah, that's what I keep going back to with Satterfield. What frustrates me about his play calling in the fourth quarter particularly is that he coaches as if he's surprised he has a lead. You know, that he coaches not to loot. Like, like. I don't know. It's it's that old scared money doesn't make money, and and wh- why do you put the start pumping the brakes on what is working for you? Yes. Keep your foot on the gas yes. and carry this thing over until the clock's out. Absolutely. I mean, that, like that, like to me, that's that's just but you don't get penalized for beating the team by more points. There's not an unsportsmanlike penalty, you know, that like carries over where you have to start the week with negative points. For example, I don't know what I, I don't know if the rules of the game have been completely explained to me because every now and then it kind of feels like Ted Lasso out there, like uh. I just like it, it, it's it's a crazy. You said it just right. It's it's almost like oh my god, we have this fourteen point leader, we have this seventeen point leader, we have this twenty point twenty one point leader, and then he start starts second clock. guessing himself. Let's just start running clock. You know, we'll run it first and second down, and then maybe Malik can scramble around and, and get fifteen yards on third down. You know, it, it just. The, the, the apprehensive nature of, of everything, and, and I said that, you know, the, the biggest thing, and it's always been interesting to me, is that Louisville, he's been so good. Like, prob- I would say that Scott Satterfield, in terms of drawing up your big boom plays, your, 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 your chunk plays, he's probably the best that I've seen since Bobby 1.0 was here like he can he can scheme and set up to where you know he, he runs a look to where he's running a certain play and then he'll leak a guy and have a guy running wide open free and you know get a 40 50 60 yard touchdown mm-hmm. like he's probably the best at that that I've seen since Bobby 1.0 but I think the biggest difference between Bobby when he was here the first time and Satterfield um, has been the short to intermediate game, the ability to move the chains consistently, the, the ability, um, you know, if you want to be a ball control type of offense, I'm okay with that, but you have to consistently be able to get first downs. And I think kind of the, the mode of, you know, we'll have a special play every once in a while and then we'll just let Malik run around. Like that didn't even work for Louisville when Lamar Jackson came back for his junior season. That whole let's just give him the ball and just let him just do whatever he wants. We don't need to use the running back. We don't really need – you know, it's not really going to be an option. It's going to be fake the option and then just let Lamar do whatever he wants. Uh, you know, we got in trouble with that. Haven, I mean, that was one of the biggest issues with Lamar his last year was that he never wanted to give the ball up on that read. And it became too easy to defend. And that's what we talked about, like, all Lamar's last season. It was Lamar left, Lamar right. Lamar throw the ball in the last second. Oh, yeah, let me, let me hand the ball off to somebody else. And it just became too easy, way too easy to defend. And, and you saw that when we, uh, after Florida State game played Houston. And it was just like, man, you know what? Just kill on Lamar and that's it. Texas says – uh, Everybody after that. It was a wrap. Four one four fourteen fifty Thornton's text line. I already got one in here. It says, Rashawn, what has happened to you? He said, every time I tune into your show, you sound like Eves – and KSR bashing U of L. I don't th- I like <laughs> see like I don't think I'm bashing the coach stuff because I've been very effusive in my praise of how much I believe in their coaching. 
Like, I believe, like, Scott Satterfield is, Satterfield is a really good coach, and there's literally I, – I would choose for him to be here. But what I need him to do – it's just have some heart. Like, I don't know if it's like the Grinch and you need to grow your heart, you know, 10 sizes or whatever, but I just need him to believe in his players and just let them loose. Like, let that defense loose. On third down, you don't – if it's third and eight, third and seven, third and five, you don't need to back your defensive backs off, man. Like, stay aggressive because you did a good job of getting the team into third and long, first and second down. Why are you chasing up? Joe, that's exactly what you're talking about, ain't it? Absolutely, absolutely, and and to your point earlier, let them play, let them play. I mean, at some point, I can't imagine what that does to you mentally as a defender either, because you know, walking out there, man, this guy knows I'm going to play soft coverage on him. He knows that I'm not going to be up up on the line of scrimmage. I'm not going to be jamming him when he comes out of his break. I'm not going to be doing any of that. He knows he's got me beat even before the damn play, the ball's been snapped. Yeah, you're yeah. not putting your players in a in in the situation for them to win. Every play is an individual battle on a football field. Yes. You know, and, and that's the way it was always described and explained to me is if everybody wins their individual battle, then the, the, we will together collectively win the war. You ain't winning that battle. You lost that one before the first shot got fired. I mean, and, and that's where we're at because, I mean, Haven, in my personal opinion, when you're playing that umbrella defensive coverage, if you're backing all your guys eight off, that makes them less aggressive just in, in instinctually as far as how they run that play, doesn't it? It does. I mean, it's like, so when you coach that way, you know, when, when, you, when you pull the dogs off and you're not aggressive the whole time, it, it, it permeates throughout the team. So the team backs off. Like they're not aggressive anymore when you kind of coach that way. Because those are players are calling. So you just, you know, it's probably the team. It's not like, and, and to go back to what the texter said, we're not hating on U of L at all. It's not hating. It's objectively looking at your team. Well, I'll tell you what, man. We're going to go ahead and get this first break in. Amazing start to the show. If you want to get in next, 414-1450. You know what? I need y'all to call me. If I'm wrong, if I'm, if I'm hating, if I'm doing something, you know, please let me know uh, because I, I want to hear this. Like, I, I don't want Joe and, and Haven to just agree with me and think that this is a situation where I just want everybody to agree. If, if you disagree with me or if you have an issue with what I said, give me a call. 384-1450. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear more texts as well because the, I love the University of Louisville and I want to see them succeed. I say that they should win eight games because I really believe they have the talent to win eight or more games. They have the ability. They have the coaching staff. They have everything. But you know what? It's time to put up a shut up. Wake Up 502, Rashawn Myers, Big A Sports Radio, and we'll be back.
Welcome back in to Wake Up 502 with Rashawn Myers. I am your host, Rashawn Myers, joined as always by the man, the myth, the legend himself. Haven Harrington is on the line with me. Uh, Joe Kelly had to make a run. I think Joe's going to try to jump back on with us in hour number two, but it's going to be me and Haven taking care of you. Of course, I would love for you to give me a call, 384-1450, if you want to chat about anything uh, that we have going on this morning. Uh, Haven, uh, it's it's been very, very, very interesting, man, to just see um, everything just start to come around. I'm I'm very excited. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I am very, very excited about this team. I think that this team has an opportunity to do some great things. Like, I'm not coming into the season um, pessimistic in the least. Um, I I am very excited to see these new additions. Like, everything I've heard from Tyler Hudson – um, this kid is going to be uh, the real deal, um, you know, like, like coming out. We haven't had a big possession receiver um, like, like Tyler in a while. Um, you know, he kind of reminds me from what people are talking about with his catch radius, um, his ability to, to kind of go up and get the ball um, to like a, a Devontae Parker. I, I'd say he may be um, not only the most essential player, but probably the player that I'm looking to, looking forward to seeing the most. Is there anybody, um, you know, who you're uh, very interested to see get out there and play? Oh, that's easy for me. Big guy in the middle. The DT. Yeah, yeah, Jermaine Lole. <laughs> Jermaine Lole, man, look, it's all about, to me, it's all about the interior line and can they get pressure with their front four. Because ever since Satterfield has been here, he has not been able to get any type of pressure at all with that front four. And I mean, that, that's been a problem with Louisville defense. since, what, D'Angelo Brown? Since he graduated, I think D'Angelo Brown's probably the best – you know, the last time Louisville's had a dominant kind of nose tackle, defensive tackle type guy, isn't it? I'll talk about just anybody on the defensive line, period. Yeah. I mean, it's like, like, Louisville's, like Louisville's presence on the front four has just been anemic. And, and, and this puts too much pressure on the rest of your defense to either generate pressure on the quarterback with blitzes and things of that nature. And you have to rotate your coverage, but kind of, you know, put your safeties out there and kind of expose them a little bit. So, you know, for us, it's like, can we get pressure with the front four? And if we can, Lole is going to have to lead that charge. I mean, and, and Louisville, I'll tell you what, and this is the thing about it. I know that, that you <laughs> – one of the things that you have had a big-time issue with, Haven, and, and you have talked about a lot, is the fact that Louisville hasn't had um, – you know, they haven't had really the defensive line um, – help that they've needed um but i mean there are some guys on that front seven now especially on that defensive front that intrigue you uh, just uh, you know in terms of their their, their measurables and, and kind of their experience i mean ashton gelati was a kid who had a lot of hype coming in um he played really well until he got injured versus wake forest and then after that it took him um, till almost the end of the year before he started to look like himself again. Um, but but you know when, when you look at what he what Gelati was able to do, I know Yaya Diaby's been a guy who's gotten a lot of hype, but never really matched. Produced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so well, I, see, I mean, it, they got guys see, though, right? Well, see, to me that's the other thing too is not only do I want to see what these guys can do, I also want to see if we can start to see guys. Uh, what's what I'm looking for? We start to see guys improve in the system. Something like God Diaby's been here for a couple years now, and has he really got any better since he's been here? Right. Like, like when he like, always like flashes. He always here. flashes, right? He he flashes yeah, he talent. Flashes. It's not consistent. But, but don't see that, that consistent dominant play that we thought 
was going to get. The same thing when, when Jared Goldwire was here. You know, we had all the hype about him. Oh, he's put on more weight. He's bigger. He's stronger. He's faster. He's leaner. He's, 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 he's wrecking people in practice. And then you get in the game, it's like, okay, like, where did he go? I mean, the man's been like two, three years. Like, okay, like, where's the improvement? You know, it's like, are these guys getting any better? And, you know, you really haven't, especially on the defensive front, you haven't seen almost like any improvement like, at all from anybody. Right. And, it's, and that's kind of concerning. And, you know, once again, I, I will say this before. I said it before and I'll say it again. I think that on the actions and those fronts and certain aspects on the program, Satterfield is a better coach than Strong. I've said it before. I've said it on several different podcasts, and, I, and I'll say it again. You know, that's how, I, that's how good of a coach I think Satterfield is. But Satterfield, for uh, the coach at this level and a program that aspires to win a national championship, you know, you have to have attitude. And I'm, I'm going to give folks an example. Is if you went back to Charlie Strong's year when we played Florida mm-hmm. and the Sugar Bowl, right, there was no doubt in your mind that that team was was not going to be prepared to play, right? Like you knew from jump when they took that field against Florida in the Sugar Bowl, there was no doubt in any U of L fan's mind that this team would not be hyped up. They're not. They're going to be fully prepared to play. Yeah, they're going to be ready for anything for the and, and, and ready after. for a fist fight. Ready for a fist fight. Yeah, they're ready for a fist fight. These guys ready to get in the dirt. If the knives come out, the knives come out. If we have to bring bottles and poles, whatever, we're bringing it. Let's get it done. And there was no no doubt in your mind this team was hyped up and ready to go. Contrast that when we played Air Force, we looked like we didn't know what to expect. And Air Force threw a wrinkle, which is the four pass, into the passing attack, I mean, into the offensive scheme. And we had no idea what to do. Haven, we could literally nope. change our whole scheme offensively and defensively because we were so afraid of Air Force and what they were going to do. Instead of coming in, because great coaches, especially when they know they have a talent advantage, come out there and just basically enforce their will on the other team. It's like we don't really yeah. care what they're doing. We know we have the better athletes. We're going to run this ball down their throat. We're going to use our athletes. We're going to use our size, our speed, our quickness, and we're just going to dominate the game physically. And we and we didn't do it. And now, we didn't even a, a try to example, do it. I know this. <laughs> now, I know this going to get on on the U of L fans again when I say this, but I have to say it because it's true. And a prime example: the two times we played UK, yeah, UK has come out with that hate in their heart. They've come out with we're going to dominate these guys. We're going to completely destroy them. There's nothing they can do. We're going to overpower them. There's nothing that, that they can do to stop us. And they have imposed, in both games we played UK, they have completely, number one, imposed their will. Then number two, psychologically, they have just completely dominated us. It's the belief. It's the belief system. It's about coming in. I believe that I'm I'm better than you. I'm going to come in there and punch you in the face until you quit because I think you're a punk. And that's literally been the UK game in, in a microcosm. And we get punked every time. But that's attitude. It's not about not having the players. I believe we have the players to be competitive with the UK. Absolutely. That's not the thing. It's not that we don't have the players. We have the players. It's that mindset. And this is the next evolution of Satterfield. Like we saw Satterfield increase, you know, evolve his coaching. We saw him a little bit, very little bit. But we really saw Satterfield evolve his recruiting. Because, remember, you and I, 
both came under fire for criticizing status of recruiting classes. Yes. When he when he came out and, and pretty much insinuated that the best we could ever do at U of L is get three star guys, maybe an occasional four star dude here and there, and I'm have to coach everybody up because that's all we can do. Right? And when we jumped on him, rightfully so. It was like, no, this University of Louisville, we can re- we can co- we can recruit anybody. And, Haven, why don't you tell me what's happened since we came out extremely critical of those comments that Eric Crawford wrote? That man caught fire. He decided, I'm going to use his NIL money, and I'm going to get it done. And he got it done. He got it done. He brought in Louisville's greatest recruiting class by far. By far. You know, he, he, over, he didn't overhaul his staff, but he added pieces to his staff to kind of to see if he can – kind of boost his, his, his coaching that way. Which, you know, to me, it's kind of like a him and Harlan step. Uh, I, I like Brian Brown as a person. And I still think that he's probably a better defensive coordinator than what we know. I think the overall system and philosophy of let's not put our players in compromised positions, let's play super safe and super conservative, kind of just permeate throughout the program. So maybe these new guys can interject some blood. I was hoping to see a little bit more of a turnover on his coaching staff. But it is what it is, right? It is what it is. But yeah. now it's time for attitude. I mean, like, you're involved these other ways. Now it's time to get the attitude. Like, as, as Charlie Strong would say, like, no more that fake juice, right? You, you got ballers in. Okay? Transfers so, into ballers. Just play the top level. Just play the, you know, at elite level football. You have all your guys have been in the system for three or four years. It's time to put up a shut up. You got everything in place. There's, there's no more excuses. No, Don't no. tell me about this guy because oh, the ACC's trash. And I'll say <laughs> the ACC's weak. Dude, just just do it. No, I, just, I, just do it. I and totally we agree with you. And we go to Lexington to play UK, man, have some balls. I mean, no. Go smack Smith in the middle field. I, I don't. I don't have any issue with, with, with anything that you're saying. I totally agree. And Haven, I tell you what, three eight four fourteen fifty is the uh, Thornton's, or excuse me, the Wake Up five zero two bus line, not the Thornton's text line. Uh, have a caller in. Caller, what's your name? What's your comment? Man, it's one and only Jay Hans. Uh oh. Uh oh. They, they let anybody on the on the radio these days, don't they? What's up, Jay? Hey, but you know what, Rashawn? I'm gonna leave you alone right now. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even going to get on you. I got about about five hundred brothers in here. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Jay, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing good, man. I'm just. I'll just tell these guys about how significant the the Louisville as far as the revenue. And hey, hey good morning to you, Haven. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? You talk a little loud. I'm doing fine. So you know, I'm doing always good, man. <laughs> Talk up, Haven. You're on radio now. <laughs> Get him together, Jay. <laughs> yeah, I done told all you how to do this game. <laughs> Listen, man, I got a, I got two gentlemen here that's artists, international artists. Okay. And got a, I got one artist here that has a story behind his glory. Okay. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I want, I want you guys to, to interview him, you know, when you get a chance. Man, real talk, seriously. Okay, absolutely. I, I, but anyway, but uh, Rashad, man, I, I just want to just say hello. I was going to get into the sports show, but I'm going to go ahead and get back to what I'm doing over here on LOU, you know, what I do here. But listen, man, let's get together later on. Hey, but I ain't seen you in a while. I know you're running for Charles, you know, booking things. Now, hold on, Jay. I can't let you just jump in. I need to get I, – I, I need to know – I need to get your opinion on something real quick, man. This this football team, this, this football team, Scott Satterfield, man, like – 
Like, I, I need your honest opinion. Like, are you believing in the hype? Do you think that Louisville's going to get it turned around? You know what I'm saying? Like, like is Louisville going to come out and do what they need to do against Syracuse next Saturday? They should win. But here, 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 here's the ticket on that. Okay. Let it feel listen, man. We tired of this 500. <laughs> now, you get, if you come 500 once again, you know what? You can pack your bags. <laughs> Because this is big time, this big time sports right now in Louisville. All Louisville athletics, it's just too big. But I got Louisville by fourteen points. There we go. There we go. Jay, I appreciate it, brother. Anything? Any other shout outs? Are you on out of here? I'm out of here, man. I was going to get on the spot. I'm out of here. I got to talk to Ruben and a couple of these guys and some artists. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're going to do that, man. Jay, uh, get get at you later, brother. In a minute. All right. There we go. Jay has just be dropping in. He's going. He's like, I'm just going to call in. We're going to do some things, and I'm out. I'm like, hold on, man. i got to at least get a sports take from you. Like, it is a sports show. <laughs> it is a sports show. I know Jay's doing the, you know, original soul, R&B, and all that. But, you know, <laughs> we can at least get a little something. If we ain't talking about Kenny Payne, Jay don't, you know. Jay don't mess with us. He don't really get on Satterfield the way he's been getting on Kenny Payne. <laughs> like, I say Kenny Not Payne all, hey. talk about recruiting, you know. He, he's but going crazy. I would be remiss. If I didn't say this. Yes. Rosario Dawson is as beautiful in person without makeup as she is in movies. Oh, and I'm just going to leave that right there. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You know, I, it, I, I was, like I said, I was, I was very jealous of you, Haven. You, but, you know, it's, it's, it's all good, man. It's, you know, it's, it, you look like you had a great time. You know, I'm, I'm going to jump in your, uh, in your bag with you one of these days and I'm just going to hide out and I'm going to go riding, uh, or, you know, the, Riding out there to to the movie premiere with you, I was I was like you are a lucky son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, no. But I, you know, it's it's one of those things, Haven. You know, just uh, finishing the point on on football. And I wanted to definitely, with this being week zero, um, you know, kind of make that the focus because there has been a lot of hype. And like I said, I thought it was funny people saying that you know the recruiting momentum was going to equal you know better momentum on the football field which i thought was odd it's like well it made everybody feel better about the football program because there's been so much momentum but you know i I don't know how much that's going to actually play into what happens on (laughs) you know on the football field like i i don't know how you know you know Ruben Owens and what he's doing, and, and Pierce Clarkson. Congratulations uh, for uh, St. John Bosco coming out, the number one team in the country. Uh, put a whooping on Allen, Texas, fifty-two fourteen, um, to start the season. Allen, Texas is one of the biggest and best teams uh, in in the country in their own right, and you know they, they treated them like a rag doll last night. I uh, saw uh, DeAndre Moore um, and, and Pierce Clarkson just kind of put on a, a show last night so congratulations to them but you know the all due respect I don't know how that recruiting is going to make the team play better on the field like I'm not buying that um that's something that that I've heard and like I said you know that the powers that be in a lot of these um you know megawatt stations we have out here on the radio has basically just taken the coaches cue of what he wanted to utilize as his excuses about the players and not having enough and it's all these guys and you know now we have the guys we need but we've kind of heard that the last couple of years and it hasn't panned out and it's like you come into the year saying that you have these players and you have what you need and then you end the year by saying that all the players that you know we didn't have enough or the players aren't executing 
Um, so I, I'm not hearing that this year. Um, I think that it is a put up or shut up. But I, I will say this, Haven, um, and I've thought long and hard about it. I think Louisville's going to have a good season this year. I really do. Like, I, I know that I have been critical. Uh, and, and I want to see better because I know they can believe better. But I think that Scott Satterfield saw something this year, uh, or excuse me, this past year. Like I felt like he he felt his own mortality, which is one of the reasons why I think he finally went out there and started pushing the screws to try to get some better recruits in here. Is because I think he felt like, you know what, if I don't get it together, like I if um, Jalen Alderman does not run back that touchdown and Louisville ends up losing that game against UCF, I don't think Scott Satterfield's the coach this year. Do, do, do you agree with that? Uh, you know what? I still think Satterfield survives. At 5-7, and seven, you think so? No bowl game? I still think he survives only because of all the turmoil with, oh, Chris <laughs> with Mack. the president and, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the president, AD, and Chris Mack and everything else. That's he, fair. He, yeah, I think he survives because of that. But in a, in a normal Cardinal year, he would been fired. I mean, even going to that bowl game, he would have been fired last year because no little coach has had two back-to-back losing seasons and kept their job in football in the modern era. Yeah, I mean, and, and I do. I, I think that – I think that that motivated him to, like, say, okay, yeah, I'm going to have to just go out there and throw caution to the wind. Because, I mean, I think the thing is this. If you can't be confident and aggressive and let your players play with this group that you have this year, because I do think that – I mean, Louisville's talking about the best offensive line that they've probably had um, since maybe the Orange Bowl season. Uh, They're talking about the best defense they've had since at least the early Grantham years uh, or late Charlie Strong years. And you're talking about so much size, skill, and depth um, at several places. If you can't be aggressive with this roster, then you're just never going to be that guy. And and I think that, you know, I I think that Scott Satterfield is going to do what he needs to do to be aggressive um, this year. I I I really do. So Scott is still learning – what it is to coach at a D1. Now, I'm going to say D1. He's learned power to coach five. at a school, not not in a Power 5, but at a Power 5 school with national champion aspirations. Mm-hmm. It's different coaching at Power 5 school. If he was a Wake Forest, North Carolina, Duke, or pick any other ACC school outside of Florida State, Clemson, and Miami, he would be fine, Right. He would, he would be just fine because mm-hmm. the expectations are let's make a bowl game and let's call it a day. That's not which bowl game we go to. We just, we just need to make a bowl game, you know, and we're good, right? But yes. what was different? We have national championship aspirations. You know, we have – no, we want to play in New Year's Six Bowls. Like, that's what we want to do. Like, New Year's Day Bowls, the big bowl games, Fiesta, Sugar, Rose, you know, that's what we aspire to play in, right? Like, that's what we do here at, at, at UofL football. Okay. And that's what we've been building to. So you have to coach to that, to those aspirations. And he's been coaching to, like, Wake Forest aspirations. Like, you know, I'm going to be, like, super good. Like, once every, like, 10, 12 years, we're going to be super, 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 super good. And then all the other years in between, you know, we'll be, like, you know, we'll be all right. You know, we'll be, like, a good seven, six, seven win team every year. You know, we'll make a bowl game. You know, a little lower tier bowl. But, you know, yeah, we'll be all right. 
Yeah. But Lil was not I. Lil was not I. That's not who y'all. No, we win championships. Yeah, like, you know, we, we aspire for championships, yeah. conference championships. We aspire to get to BCS slash, you know, turn, uh, playoff games. Like, that's what Louisville football is all about. This is the longest Louisville football has gone since we started moving conferences and moving up. This is the longest we've gone without winning a conference championship. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's what – that's the expectation. And, you know, that's what – Scott Satterfield's being paid for, and that's what we need to see. And I think that this is going to be um, the most critical stage um, in this development. And, and you know, I, I, I think that Louisville is going to be, and I say that Louisville should get to seven or eight wins, um, and I think it's going to be based purely on the fact that I think that Louisville's going to have more talent um, than most of the teams that they play. And I think that especially this year, uh, especially what they have in that front seven, as long as they can stay healthy, I think that they're going to win. Like those 50-50 games that they lost last year, um, I think the talent overall is better this year. So even if it's not pretty, I think they have enough talent to get them over the gap in those games, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Like I'm not predicting that Scott Satterfield is going to fundamentally change what he does. I just think the talent's going to be good enough to carry the day to get that, you know, make that three- to seven-point loss a three- to seven-point win. I, I completely agree. The only time, the only losses I see – are the teams that have white talent or better talent, like UK, Clemson. I, I think those teams, just because like they have that attitude, like whatever, give us your best shot. We're hitting. We're gonna punch you back. We're gonna keep punching you until you quit. I agree. Those with teams that. are the teams that we're gonna struggle against mightily. Other than that, we should beat everybody else. I agree, brother. You know what? That's a good start to spot. Hour number one is in the book. We're going to be getting hour number two uh, coming right at you. When we get back, I know, Haven, you're going to have to run. I think Joe may be joining me back. Uh, I don't know if you've got a role, if you're coming back. If not, you know, I can just run my mouth and talk to our, our wonderful text line uh, and, and get some more callers in here. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and shoot it. Wake up, 502. Rashawn Myers, Big X Sports Radio, 96.1. And I do want to let everybody know, if you are out there in the home market and you're trying to get um, a, a loan completed, uh, Broker House Lending can help you out. Sheena S. Beckham, loan officer, 502-220-7678. Check her out. She's the best in the business, and we'll be back on Big X Sports Radio.
his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's choking how everybody's choking now. The clocks run out, time's up, over, loud. Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Choke, he's so mad, but he won't give up that he know he won't have it. He knows his whole back to these ropes. It don't matter, he's dope. He knows that, but he's pro. He's so stagnant, he knows when he goes back to this mobile home, that's when it's back to the lab again, yo. This old rhapsody better go capture this moment and hope it don't Number two of Wake Up 502 with Rashawn Myers. It is going down here in the Derby City on a Saturday morning. A beautiful, I mean, absolutely picture-perfect Saturday morning. We grooving and jamming. Your boy has been uh, left alone for the moment. Uh, So if you want to get in, this is your opportunity. Um, Text line 414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line, as Mike Rutherford always tells you. The 75,682 Thornton's uh, here in the Louisville metro area. Go out there and visit them. If you want to get in uh, on the Thornton's text line 414-1450, you can get in there. If you want to give a call and argue and call and yell, and you know, I I know a lot of people – especially on on the Marcus Maben show, like to come and uh, get in my mentions anytime I, I say anything halfway critical about anything. So if you want to call and yell at me and, and, and tell me I'm an idiot, you know, I, I would love to hear from you as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's no hate. It's all love. Um, so <laughs> like that, that's my biggest thing is that anything that I've ever said, um, I am not one of those people that likes to stand on a monolith and talk I'm not Jim Rome. I'm not going to just sit there and just think that everything I say is is gospel and I want everybody to agree with me. I think I'm too cool for school. Um, This is the things I honestly feel. These are the things that I see um, and and I want to uh, hear what people have to say. I've always wanted to. I've never been a person that wants to stand alone and just be told I'm crazy. Like I know there's a lot of people that um, love to go run and, 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 and try to, you know, uh, capture tweets and forward them to people and, and say, oh, look what he's saying about this and not about that. Um, but, you know, I, I give honest opinions and honest takes. And, and, you know, the biggest thing with me is I'm never going to toe an agenda. Like nobody tells me what to say. I'm not trying to do anything to get or generate any sort of faux reaction or faux um, analysis. These are things that I see just through my experiences. And, and you know, I, I go from there. If you don't like them, uh, apologize. But, you know, I, I think that it's important to always be genuine. I think that you're going to get more out of that. That, um, than trying to make up things to talk about. I'm not going to sit there and, uh, you know, read off heights and weights uh, for a team. I know that the University of Louisville basketball roster finalized uh, their roster. So, you know, folks want to just sit there and just read the heights and weights of people and, like, I don't care. Like, can you play basketball? The one thing that I've learned, like that, this whole conversation of how tall Louisville is, um, while I have seen definitely tall teams, and, and I know that you know they're possibly Louisville is looking at being the uh, tallest team in college basketball this year, uh, with the average height of around six seven. Well, that's impressive at all. I have seen big, tall, terrible teams. I've also seen big, tall, good teams. 
Um, so, you know, I, I, like, wow, I appreciate the fact that, yes, when you're tall, you at least defensively have some advantages if you're able to move athletically. And I think with the guys that Louisville has, they do have that. I think that Louisville has a chance to be a standout defensive team, um, you know, if, if Kenny Payne is able to do and, and kind of copy what John Calipari was able to do. I think that was one of Coach Cal's um, – Biggest things about Cal um, is that Cal's not an offensive coach. He's not out there um, trying to um, schematically put up, you know, 80, 90, 100 points. What Cal is is a great defensive mind. And, and what Calipari does with his rosters at UK and what he's done since he got to UK and even when he was in Memphis, he teaches big, tall, athletic, pro size guys um, for the most part, uh, teaches them how to play just ridiculously efficient defense. Um, teaches those guys to get out there and hustle, play every uh, moment that they're out there like uh, it's their last, and really just use that size and that athletic ability to just smother the other team. Now, offensively, his teams have been better or worse just dependent on the talent that they have on that end of the court. Um, and I think that that's going to be the spot where Louisville is going to have some question marks is um, what can they do efficiently offensively? Um, you know, L. Ellis showed us some some things last year. Uh, you know, he had some some uh, flashes where he had excellent games. Um, but L. Ellis, pretty much everything he did was for himself, and it was inconsistent. I mean, we remember the great game he had against Michigan State. Um, he had some great games uh, in conference where he would just, just go off. I think he had like 20 points in the second half against North Carolina in one of the games. Um, so, you know, I mean, he's shown flashes to be able to do things for himself, but the question is can he run a team? Can he um, intelligently make plays to put guys in positions to succeed? And then, you know, with that, um, how much is Fabio Basile going to be able to help when he needs to take a spell for being, uh, you know, tired or being in foul trouble? Um, and then, of course, the question of Hersey Miller and how he gets into that mix as well. Um, those guys are going to be probably your primary facilitators, of course. You know, one of those guys is a true freshman who just got here, um, you know, within the last couple weeks. And the other guy was a walk-on at, um, you know, a mid-major school. Um, and that's not Shade Hersey. I think that um, he has the size and measurables if they are correct. I mean, if he's legit 5'3", um, 185, or not five three, sorry, six three one eight one eighty five. I mean that's good size uh, for for a point guard, a ball handling guard. Um, so I mean if, if he's able to play uh, and he's able to go out there uh, and assist, that that's going to be great. But I mean, can these guys shoot? Um, that's going to be probably the biggest question mark. I know L came in and was actually a little bit better shooter um, than what. I thought he would be. Um, I know he didn't shoot a great percentage. I think for the year he was around 34%. Um, but he was able to be one of the most consistent-ish shooters on the team. Um, but you're going to be depending on – uh, you know, true freshmen or guys that have not shown any consistency at all shooting the ball, guys like Jalen Withers, um, guys like Kamari Lands, uh, Devin Reed. These guys are going to have to be able to, A, get out there and play defense, which especially for freshmen is very difficult um, to do. And then, B, they're going to have to hit shots, which is another thing that's um, tough for, for young guys to really come in and just get off the, you know, just jump out in the gym the first time uh, on a college court and be able to consistently hit shots. But those are going to be um, 
the issues. But the, where Louisville's going to be, out, you know, they're going to have to make their hay is on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that's going to be where I think Louisville can have the biggest impact immediately. If they're able to get these young guys to at least buy into being in the best conditioning uh, that they can, which I know Kenny Payne has, has you know, harped on that, saying that he needs to get these guys in the best shape possible. So I really and truly believe they are working on that. I, it's very interesting to see what comes out uh, from the, um, the the video videography team over there uh, because they've been very, very – Louisville basketball has been very stingy with everything. Kenny Payne's been stingy with his time. Um, they have been very stingy with basketball reports. They've been very stingy with videos. We all, all we basically have seen are these five, seven, ten, fifteen second clips of doing one or two things. We see L. Ellis uh, running the break and throwing an alley oop. Um, you know, to uh, Big Rose. Uh, you know, this this video that we saw come out yesterday was a. I don't, it looked like a like a baseball pass drill where basically Nolan Smith was playing the role of the inbounder. Uh, Fabio Basile had a, a, a nice little reverse layup at the beginning of it, but then basically Nolan took the ball out of the net and was having Sidney Curry, uh, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, and all these guys running like these post patterns down the court and he's throwing these full court passes. <laughs> so on one hand, I think it's funny because it's like literally that – if that happens in a game, that's kind of a specialty play that only maybe happens if you're trying to get the ball inbounds under pressure, like at the end of games as a pressure release if a team is trying to press up and steal the ball, you may run somebody deep. So it's not necessarily a play that you're going to see a lot, but I just think it's very interesting and entertaining and funny um, that, you know, those are the types of stuff. Like, UofL sends out that video. That literally has nothing to do with anything. But it's like, okay, we're going to give somebody – uh, you know, we're going to give everybody a uh, just some we're going to wet their whistle. But like <laughs> that was probably the most useless video ever because that's it just it never comes into play. I don't think we can set up or run an offense out of, you know, having Sidney Curry run deep post patterns for to catch the basketball on the run to dunk it like I, I don't foresee that being a big part of it. But it just wets the whistle. Everybody wants to know what's going on with this basketball team. Everybody wants to see. Um, you know, and, and hear about what's happening with them. So they're just willing to just grasp onto anything. Um, and, and I think that it's going to be interesting. I mean, that, that, that kind of that, – that once again goes into this put-up-or-shut-up um, theme um, that, that we've been going with is that I'm ready to see people on the court playing. Um, you know, some folks have said I was critical about UofL basketball – I'm done with that now. Like Louisville has the roster that they have. Um, I, I spoke my piece about some of these shortcomings uh, that we saw early, but now the roster is what the roster is. So you know what? I'm going to get behind Fabio Basile. I'm going to get behind Hersey Miller. I am going to hope for the best because I, at the end of the day, as long as Louisville's winning, that's all I care about. Now that I know who the roster is, now I'm all about, okay, what do we need to do with this roster to be successful? Who are the guys that are going to have to step up if Louisville's going to have a successful season? And that's all I'm invested in is Louisville being successful. Like I, I, I don't care who's there. Uh, you know, I just care about how putting together, you know, this group is going to help. You know, I mean, that, that that's how these guys are going to best help and, and help get Louisville to win. And Louisville's got a very difficult schedule. I mean, they come out the block 
uh, and, and you know, out the box, and there it's going to be a difficult schedule. But I, I think that one of the biggest things that you'll see, I think that Louisville, in terms of consistency, like Chris Mack had a tendency to play close to and even lose some games. Like we saw the uh, DePaul game last year. I know Coach Mack, I don't believe he was back coaching at that point when Louisville lost to DePaul, and we saw the Navy game where that Navy game was like way too close. Like I don't think – We'll see that this year, um, especially with the size advantage. If if, if Kenny Payne is going to make this team a uh, a run and jump athletic, let's get out on the in, in full, this full court. Um, you know, we're going to get play full court both ways. We're going to press up on guys. We're going to run. We're going to jump. We're going to utilize our size and take advantage of those, which is a lot of what Kentucky would do, especially early on in seasons where they would use their defense um, as their starter um, and then just pound the backboards and get putbacks until the offense catches up and gets more efficient. I think that you're going to see a very similar style and set up with Louisville. But that, you know, when you play that style, especially when you have the size that Louisville has, um, you can use that against smaller teams. Um, and I think that that's going to be something that you'll see is that Louisville's going to take advantage and play to their size and their athleticism. And it's going to basically be, you know, get the ball up there on the glass so you can go get it and put it back. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of that. Um, you have the athletes to do that. Guys like Brandon Huntley Hatfield, guys like Mike James, um, you know, have that athletic profile that you would think they can do that. Guys like Sidney Curry, um, but that's what you're going to see from this team. I don't think it's going to be necessarily pretty basketball, especially early, because I just don't think you have enough at the skill positions. Um, but I do think it's going to be more of a blunt force trauma type team where, where they're just going to basically try to smother you on defense. They're going to try to be one of the better rebounding teams in the country, and they're just going to try to win slobber knockers. Like I, I'm not saying it's going to be a Virginia-type situation where Louisville's playing games in the – uh, you know, that they're not playing games in the 50s and 60s. I think they'll try to get into the um, upper 60s, 70s, you know, mid-70s. I think classically um, Calipari teams would usually get into that mid-70s-ish spot um, where they're playing great defense, forcing turnovers, getting putbacks, a lot of offensive rebounds, and, and kind of, uh, you know, just kind of bludgeon teams winning those, you know, 75 uh, you know, 69-65 type games. That's going to be how Louisville has to win. The question is just how good is this team going to be defensively out of the blocks? Because when you're talking about having to face a team like Arkansas early, your defense is going to have to be locked in. You're going to have to muck the game up. It's going to have to be ugly. You're going to have to play a very physical brand of basketball. And if you can do that, um, you can win. Um, you know, so th so that's my thoughts. Like, I, I am here. Like, now that the season's here, I know <laughs> we had the um, – satirical show last week where we did everything is awesome and the super positivity show and that was kind of a shot to some people that were saying that I'm just always negative I think everything is terrible with the university which I don't um but you know I, I think that now that we know who we are now it's all about being invested in seeing this team do the best that they can both on the football field and on the basketball court um and that's all I'm interested in I don't care how they get it done just win you know, I, I'm a big Raiders fan, so Al Davis used to always say, just win, baby. And, and that is my my motto uh, for University of Louisville Athletics, just win. I don't care how you get it done. I don't care if it's ugly. That's one of the things. Like, I don't care if you're a high-scoring team. I don't care if you are a defensive juggernaut. I mean, Co Coach Patino won a championship and went to another Final Four playing a very ugly defensive style of basketball. 
Um, you know, that they did a lot of switching, junk, uh, junk defenses, um, you know, uh, that uh, zone, matchup zone. Like they were doing all types of stuff, but it worked for them and they got it done. So whether you do it like that or you're more offensively gifted like the 2005 team where you had Francisco Garcia, Larry O'Bannon, Taekwondo Dean, uh, and those guys, uh, you know, being able to, to score and, and, you know, create things from several different positions on the court. I don't care how you get it done. I just want to see you win. Um, you know, I, and, and I think that's what we'll see. Um, it, to that point, um, uh, on the basketball note, a couple things that happened uh, earlier this week. A.J. Johnson is a guy who um, Louisville has put a lot of emphasis on for this 2023 team and this 2023 class. Um, he made a humongous jump uh, in the ratings. I believe it was in the Rivals rankings. I believe the Rivals had just updated their rankings. And uh, we saw – uh, AJ make a humongous jump. Um, people talked about him having a very good spring and summer. Um, and, you know, with now all the scouting services starting to come out with their updated player rankings, uh, it was anticipated that AJ would make a big jump. Um, AJ is a uh, 6'5 point guard, uh, combo guard, um, very, very talented young man. And he has actually jumped into the top 10. Um, he was ranked, I believe, number nine by rivals. Um, and I think that especially for this 2023 class, uh, um, with A.J. making that big of a jump, not just because he made the jump, but symbolically, I think that it's very, very important for Kenny Payne. Like that, like we've started to kind of see what Louisville's wish list looks like in terms of recruiting. Um, A.J. Johnson is one of those guys that they've made a priority uh, and they've told that they want to be a part of their team. Um, and, and I think that, you know, especially with A.J. making that big jump, both symbolically and on the court, um, it would be a huge coup to be able to get A.J. Johnson to be a part of that team. I know that Louisville Live is going to be coming up here soon, and I know there's going to be some announcements about, uh, you know, who's going to be, uh, making their trips. I know Curtis Williams is a name that you're going to continue to hear more of. A uh, 6'6 wing, another kind of tall, long-armed, athletic guy, um, you know, that fits kind of the mold of what Kenny Payne's want to do. You hear A.J. Johnson, 6'5 point guard, Curtis Williams, 6'6 wing. Uh, of course, we know um, the uh, uber, uber talented Dewan Wagner, or excuse me, D.J. Wagner, Dewan Wagner Jr. Um, you know, D.J., um, you know, the, the, we see what Kenny Payne is wanting to do. So uh, especially with A.J. making that jump, if, if Louisville has kind of targeted those guys um, in DeJuan Wagner, or excuse me, DJ, I keep saying I want to say DeJuan, D.J. Wagner, A.J. Johnson, Curtis Williams. If you can get those three guys committed, and it sounds like all three of those guys are planning to make a visit, I don't know if they're all going to be coming for Louisville Live. I know Curtis Williams said that there's a possibility he may come in next weekend for his official visit. Um, I don't think he's made a decision on that as of yet. Um, but if Louisville can get those three guys to go along with Caleb Glenn, um, who's, of course, already committed, um, you know, who's a, a six, seven, just a ball of energy. He's going to give you everything he's got. He's going to hustle. He's going to rebound. He's going to um, defend. Uh, he's going to try to dunk everything. Um, I love his motor. I love his passion. I think that he's going to be a college-ready impact guy day one. I think he's going to impact the game defensively. I think he's going to be a matchup nightmare um, because of his strength and his quickness at his size. Um, you know, I, I think that at Louisville he's uh, probably – 
I, I that's going to be the one thing I for for Caleb. Um, I don't know how well he shoots. I know he's been practicing shooting it, and I know that he's gotten a lot better with his stroke. Um, I I, I would compare him to a more athletically gifted DeAndre Davis. Um, and, and that's not a slight. I know some people talk about Dre Davis and, you know, talk about all the things he couldn't do. But one of the things that you knew about Dre is he was going to give you everything he had. Um, he was going to be sneaky, um, skilled, and, and sneaky athletic. Well, everything about Caleb Glenn is nothing is sneaky about his athleticism. His size, strength, um, quickness profile is off the charts. Um, but the question is, can he handle the ball well enough to play at the three or will he ultimately slide down to that four? And I think Dre kind of went through that time where, you know, people didn't know whether he was going to be a four or a, a three. And, but he, they, they knew he needed to be out there because he made plays. Um, and I think that Caleb Glenn is going to be that same type of guy. Is he going to be a four? Is he going to be a three? I don't know, but he needs to be on the court because when he's on court, good things happen. Um, so if you can have Caleb Glenn, DJ, AJ, uh, and Curtis, if you get those four guys for next year, that is an absolute home run start for for Kenny Payne recruiting. I know 2023 has been kind of the the thought, you know, that, that you know, with the, especially the high school prospects that KP was not going to really be able to do much with 2022. But his first full class um, was going to be where he needed to make a stance. And I think that if you can get those four guys to start um, and find a big man, I don't know. Um, if it would be an Aaron Bradshaw, um, the the five star big man uh, who's looking like, uh, you know, maybe Kentucky and Louisville may be fighting over him. Uh, Bradshaw was looked to be a possible um, commit for UK and a possible take for UK. They thought back of the Peach Jam, Aaron Bradshaw may commit. Then Bradshaw decided he was going to push back his recruitment, and it said it sounds like he's torn. Sounds like he wants to take an official visit. He's already taken official visits to Kentucky. He's already been on the Louisville campus. Um, incorrect information was actually reported earlier this week where they said that Bradshaw had taken a um, a an official visit to Louisville, but I don't believe that was the case. I believe he spent um, did an official official visit. I believe it was a Thursday through Saturday at UK, and then Saturday evening, um, Bradshaw took a trip down and took an unofficial visit to Louisville and uh, may have stayed overnight Saturday and Sunday before heading back home to New Jersey. Um, I believe that's what happened. So I, I believe that um, Aaron Bradshaw still has an official visit he can take to the University of Louisville. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, I, I think that uh, that's going to be if, – if, <laughs> if you can find a way to get A.J. Johnson, five-star, um, DJ Wagner, five star, Aaron Bradshaw, five star, and then Curtis William, high four star, Caleb Glenn, high four star with the five star motor. If that's your recruiting class, that's literally probably the best recruiting class Louisville's had in a long time. Um, and you would say that Kenny Payne's uh, recruiting chops have been none short of amazing in that first year. Um, so, I mean, that's what you hope for. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not saying that Louisville's going to get all those guys. I'm not guaranteeing it. But at least we know that's what they're looking at. That's the expectation. That's the group that Kenny Payne has kind of put his focus on. I know that he's offered some other kids. Um, but that's kind of where things start, and then we're going to go from there. Um, so, you know, that that's kind of your <laughs> Louisville basketball. My thoughts update on that. We're going to go ahead and get to our next uh, break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Lamar Jackson. Um, heard he had, a, had an offer. 
had an offer for a contract. Um, didn't sound like he was ready to take that because he thinks he's worth more. They always say, know your worth. So we'll see, uh, did Lamar make the right decision? I don't know. If you want to get involved, 414-1450, Thornton's text line. Uh, 384-1450 is the uh, Wake Up 502 buzz line. I'd love to hear from you next. Um, so we're, you're listening to Wake Up uh, 502, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. No more games, I'm a change, segment of the show a little bit of heavy d now that we found love all you ufl fans out there i know y'all found love for your teams again it's time to get it going everybody's excited it is so fun you know what there is nothing like and, and i think and, and I, I i think it was maybe drew dina i was listening to earlier this week that said you know people get excited about basketball season but there is nothing like getting excited for football season like people just start talking themselves into like you know, we're going, you know, 8 0 to start the season. We're going 6 0. We're going to get to 10 wins. We're going to get to 11 wins. And you just start talking yourself into just, and it doesn't matter how good or bad your team was last year, that you're always going to just um, be over the moon, praise, praiseful of, of your team and just be so excited. And I think it's the absolute truth. I mean, like I said, I, I, I think that there's still a lot of issues, um, you know, going on uh, with Louisville. But absolutely, I think that they have everything they need to get it done. So I don't know if that's my my football hype uh, getting kicked in or, you know, what that is. But we'll see. We'll see. I I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm being overly excited. But, you know, I, I think there's definitely opportunity um, for, for Louisville to do some very interesting things uh, this year on the football field. And I don't know if that's my football hype coming in or, um, you know, what. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, but I do actually just want to just give a shout-out and a reminder. Once again, Broker House Lending, uh, Closing Loans, Opening Homes, Sheena S. Beckham, Loan Officer. Uh, if you're trying to, to, to get a loan on, on a uh, residence, uh, reach out to her, 502-220-7678. Sheena S. Beckham, Loan Officer, Broker House Lending. Uh, but we do have uh, Haven uh, joining us back now. Haven, uh, am I – is it the football – like – I don't feel like in basketball this happens, but in football, doesn't it just seem like the closer you get to to kick off of that first game that, like, people just start talking themselves into just, like, great records for their football team? Is that, am I the only one who's, who, who believes that? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's
man, the UK used to do this all the time. Like we knew they had trash teams, <laughs> and they were, they were hype themselves up like they're going to beat Tennessee, they're going to beat Alabama. This is their year to turn the SEC East, and nobody could stop them. And they wound up with a two and ten record. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right, you step like all the time. But, but you know what? But, but this is football. This is what you do. And the reason you can do it on football, not basketball, is like in basketball, when you get these top recruits come in, like they've all played each other, right? Like, see, like they've all played a- AAU ball together. So you've seen them play. They played each other. So you know, like, what type of talent you really, really have in basketball and football. Yeah, these guys come in as, you know, high four stars and everything else. But, you know, they may play in California. They may play in Ohio. They may play in Tennessee. And they don't play each other. And so you're kind of unsure of the level of football that they're playing against. So it's not until you get them on campus, you see them in live fire, that you realize, okay, this guy's a monster. Or, you know, this guy's nowhere near as good as we thought he was going to be. Right. Uh, you know, so it's, 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 it's way more of a crapshoot in football than it is basketball. That's why you can always hype yourself up saying this guy's bigger, stronger, fast. Because, yeah. He did put on 20 pounds off season. He did, you know, in a shortness 40 times. But he's still slow and overweight. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, it's – it's and football's all crapshoot. I mean, you're always bigger, stronger, faster every year. Until you play that first team, then you get smacked around, then realize, no, we're the same guys we thought we were. Like, ah, oh, we suck again. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> But no, but I mean, I, I it, it is it, it is the most interesting thing in sports because I, I I do think that football just kind of owns a a part in the consciousness of, of America to where it just you just believe you just start talking yourself and well I can just see how this happened but I, I don't feel like I'm doing that with this little football team like when I look at the team I see legit talent I, I see a legit ability I mean Malik Cunningham is in his 18th season as the quarterback at Louisville. He's going to break almost every record or finish in the top five in pretty much every statistical category um, for for Louisville quarterbacks because he did play uh, pretty much an extra full year. Um, even though, of course, between uh, you know not starting much as a, and or playing much as a freshman, uh, missing some games here and there, he's probably only going to have about full four seasons worth of data. Um, but, I mean, that being, you know, regardless of the fact, Malik is going to have statistically, he's going to be a juggernaut when you look at the, the history books. But the question is going to be, um, what's his legacy? You know what I mean? Like that that's going to be the thing. What, what, what does it, what will it mean? Like, because at this point, he doesn't really have – uh, a, you know, he's been the quarterback for a while, but it's almost like Marty Lowe. Like, does anybody remember any game that Marty Lowe ever played? Now, it's a it's a bad comparison because Marty Lowe only pretty much started for one year, and he played pretty decent that year. But, you know, you can't really go back and remember a game that Marty Lowe played. Like, and, and I don't want to say that Malik Cunningham is that bad off, but it's similar because, like, I can't remember, like, this is the game where – you know, Malik Cunningham was awesome, except for like the Duke game. But Duke sucks, so it's like, who cares that you, you know, did the the three hundred, two hundred thing like Marcus Tuiasosopo did back at Washington? You know, only the second player to do that in the last twenty or so years. But like, it's Duke, so it doesn't really matter. Like, he needs to have a game like that against a team that matters, like a Clemson, um, you know, like a Wake Forest um, against one of well, the, no, see, the power that, teams. You know, well, and, and that's the thing. You know, like Malik has been a good quarterback, but, you know, like you never want to be the man who follows the man, right? So when you come in right behind Lamar Jackson, it's, 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 going, to be, it's going to be impossible, impossible to, to, to live up to any type of hype 
or your predecessor. And another thing that's hampered him is, well, not only his, you know, the COVID year, obviously, but, you know, the thing that, that, that that's really hampered uh, Malik and his, his legacy is that, you know, Louisville really hasn't gotten a signature win under Satterfield. Like, you know, it just hasn't happened yet. He hasn't had that this is it win, this is where everything changes win. You know, this is uh, Satterfield's defining moment win. You know, it just hasn't happened yet. And we're still kind of, like, waiting for that to happen. And hopefully, you know, this year will be the year. Yes, yes, been an opportunity. Yeah, that's a signature Florida moment. State on, on a Friday night. Yeah, I mean, you, you got three you know, years worth of data, and you don't really have a signature moment yet. Every opportunity that you've had to do that, whether it be the opening game against Notre Dame, the opening game against Miami, Ole Miss, uh, Ole Miss anytime you've had an opportunity to have a signature to put your stamp on it, you've just not done it. <laughs> yeah, know? it hasn't happened yet. And, I mean, it unfortunately, happened, Malik so, Cunningham you know, has been the, the – he's been the signal caller and the trigger man for all three of these seasons. So, I mean, this is his last chance. Uh, you know, this is last chance to kind of make that make that mark. Um, you know, so I, I, it's it would be very interesting and very sad if he goes through four years and this is where he ends up. You know, like I, I really want to see for him to finish off this season right and and have a good finish to it. Yeah, and that, that's what we want to see. You know, Malik's been here forever. Uh, he may have a shot at an NFL you know career. So you know, I just want to see like go with the bang. You know, get that signature and beat, like beat Clemson, right? Like be the first U of L quarterback to beat Clemson. Uh, actually, that'd be huge right there. And I put his mark on the program if, if we just did that. Oh God, if he can win, if he can win on the road at Death Valley, <laughs> that's not asking for too much, is it, Hey? <laughs> like, no, not too much at all. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I, I would I mean, love I, to see it, but you know, I mean, honestly. I mean, he had a chance to beat Clemson last year if it wasn't just for suspect play calling. True, true. I mean, that, that we all, we're going to all remember those last four plays down the end of the game <laughs> inside your 10 with a chance. How many times has Louisville snatched victory, uh, snatched, snatched defeat from the jaws of victory against Clemson <laughs> since joining oh. the ACC? <laughs> like, it, it, it seems like almost every year we were right there on the cusp of beating them. And we can't do it. like like quick thinks he's out of bounds and is oh, you know we had that whole fiasco. So uh, ridiculous. You know, last year we had it where like you said they had what almost like four attempts inside like the four yard line. Yes. And you know the first time was I thought it was a good play call. You take your power back. You try to run right over tackle. But, you know, Clemson just with a great play just blows that up. And we uh, immediately <laughs> folded after that. It was like, okay, we're not going to try that anymore at all. <laughs> no. Yeah, and after that, it's like, well, you know, enough of the power running game. Let's just run wide against an equally f- a faster, more more athletic team. Let's just run wide and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just horrible play calling. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, we did have a bit of news, and actually before we get to that, I do have a text coming in on the uh, the Thornton's text line. Uh, Dee Dee's checking in the, 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 for the this morning. She says, uh, good show this morning. She says, I listen to a lot of sports radio, enjoy the different analysis and opinions. An echo chamber would be boring. Looking forward to a fun Cardinal football season. Didi, I couldn't say it better myself. Like, uh, that, you know, variety is the spice of life, and I would hate it if everybody had the same opinions. You know, as I think at the end of the day, um, 
Uh, at least most of us are, are, are card fans. Uh, I know some some big blue haters is out there some places listening. Um, but, you know, we're all card fans. We all want to see Louisville win. So, you know, that path to victory or, or you know, the critical analysis that needs to be out there, it's, it's all part of it. Um, so, you know, I, I think we all yeah. want to see Louisville well, you know, win. No, here's the thing. Like, you have to uh, – Sometimes you know, it's great to be a fan, and I, I get that. We go on the radio, you know, you try to fanboy sometimes. I get that. But you also need to look at your team objectively and be like, you know, these are strengths, these are weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like this was holding us back. Cause you, you, you can never get better if you just surround yourself with yes men. I agree. I agree. You never get better. No, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, that, that, that's a big part of it. I mean, because, you know, when you have that, when everybody's telling you that everything you're doing is great and everything is awesome and everything is perfect, um, you're never going to be um, as good as you can be if you actually have somebody who's able to kind of give dissenting opinions or, or critical analysis to help you get better because ain't nobody perfect, like, period. <laughs> You know, so, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of room for growth. Um, there's a lot of room for, for, for getting better. And I, I feel like if we can at least be that that um, spot to where you can get that, yeah. I, I'm okay with that. I mean, you have to be. You have Absolutely. to be. You know, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's like our criticism of, of what was recruiting, and everybody kind of got on us. No, Satterfield didn't say that. You know, that's just something. You guys making that up. You guys <laughs> putting words in his mouth. No, you know he. No, that's not. That's not really happened. And no, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and we were right. We were the only ones that were critical about it. We were the only ones who called him on it. And then immediately there was a complete shift um, in the recruiting and who they were even going after. Like Louisville wasn't even making an attempt at these guys like they're getting right now. Um, you know, and, and that was my biggest thing is like, we're not even trying. So when Eric Crawford says, oh, well, he didn't say that this is Louisville. They can't get these guys. He just said that, well, Louisville's not in a place to where they can really go after those players or those players aren't going to really want to try to come here. Well, then, Eric, I don't know what happened in the next three, you know, two months that changed. But once he actually started trying, it's crazy. Kids actually started wanting to come to Louisville. And to that point, uh, actually, Jamari Johnson, uh, one of the, the big-time California commits uh, that of L has already committed in the fold, uh, one of the good buddies of Pierce Clarkson, actually just got a um, scholarship offer from Alabama. Uh, so, you know, with recruiting better guys, guess what? Better teams are going to come after those guys. A lot of these guys already have, um, you know, scholarship offers from these major power schools, uh, Alabama, Florida State, Auburn, LSU, like several of these kids. But that's what happens with it. I know some little fans got a little apprehensive and afraid of that. But, Haven, when you're swimming in these waters, that's what you got to deal with, right? That's To be the man, you got to beat the man, right? Hey, this is part and parcel. Like, these things you have to do. I mean, look, if you want to be a championship caliber team, that's, that's, that's what you got to do. Yeah, I mean. And yeah, that's yeah. what we're doing. So, you know, lose a guy here and there, fine. You lose a guy here and there, replace him, move on, move up. Yeah, but you, that doesn't mean you don't recruit him because guess what? Yeah, Jamar Johnson is, is a tight end uh, prospect. Um, I believe he's about 6'6". 220 or so. Well, guess what? Louisville's also recruiting the number one tight end in the country, Deuce Robinson. Uh, and Deuce is, is seriously considering Louisville as well as Oregon uh, for his commitment. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, Satterfield wasn't even trying to go get these dudes. Now he's, like, addicted. He's like, you know what? I can get these guys? I want them all. It's like, exactly. Like, at least try. You got to shoot your shot. 
You know what I'm saying? If you, you let it, if you let every fine woman walking down the street, you sitting there alone and sad, and you see a thousand fine women walk by you, and you never say anything to any of them or say hello, how you doing, or or whatever, you're gonna be sitting there alone. So you got to at least try, right? You got. Hey, you miss a hundred percent of shots you don't take. Yeah, exactly. I just you know. You know and, and thing, yeah, other thing about this about this recruiting thing that that we've harped about mm-hmm. that we also. There's something else that we, we call a lot of heat for. We were talking about the lack of size. Yeah. On Louisville's front. And we were like, yeah, okay, the smaller, faster thing. After the first season, it was obvious this ain't this this ain't going to work. Yeah. These smaller, faster dudes ain't going to cut it. He needs, like, some real size. And for about two years, almost three years, he was bound and determined to do it his ways. Faster, smaller dudes. He can make it happen. Now he's recruiting size. Now we're getting bigger. Now we're getting ACC upper echelon bigger. So you still start to see like more improvements. You shouldn't start to see those fourth quarter phases because guys aren't like completely tired from pushing, either being pushed by bigger guys or trying to push bigger guys. So you know it's, it's all part and parcel. He's learning. He's growing. But these are things that you know you have to be critical of. You know you have to say these things. You have to point him out because if not, if he thought that he could just get away with just keep recruiting smaller guys and having average seasons, you know what? That's what you're going to get. Smaller guys and average seasons. Absolutely. So I mean, you know, you got to be vocal. You you, you got to be. You got to be. So you've got to be. You've got to be able to hold people accountable. And, and I think that's one of the things that with both main event sports show and Wake Up Five Hundred Two that we've always made it a point to hold people accountable. Like I said, I'm still mad about that Air Force game. I'm not gonna let that Air Force game go. I, and I said it when Louisville lost to him. I was so furious that it was even a consideration that you're going to lose to a bunch of kids that are trying to go into the military. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I I, couldn't get down with that. Like, you're an ACC program. You should be able to just take your talent, and I don't give a crap whether it's the starters. I don't care whether it's the backups. Like I said, all these kids, backups, second string, third string, all had more scholarship offers than pretty much everybody on that Air Force roster. Like, I don't care who's out there. You should be able to just dominate, dominate them physically with your size, your speed, your athleticism. You know, you keep the game plan simple. You ground and pound. You, you be aggressive. You use your speed, and you win that game. So, I mean, I've got to hold them accountable. If I go like all this butt kissing, you know, all you know, then now we have the players that we need, and oh, I'm so happy for this, and oh, I'm so happy for that, and oh, these guys, like I can't get down with that, Haven. Like I, I just can't. Like I, I, I refuse to allow the narrative that the coach wanted to spin. Like I said, that's the reason why I never brought up players. I never talked about we didn't have the players. I never said anything about not, you know, because it's not true. Like, Louisville had the players to win, especially because the ACC had one of the worst years ever. And Louisville, pound for pound, talent for talent, was probably more talented than 70% of the rosters in the ACC. You have to win more than what they've won these last two years. And and that's my only point on that. I did want to ask you, Haven, before we get out of here, I know we only got about five minutes left in the show. Um, I did want to ask you, Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, he's been front and center talking about his contract situation. Um, it came out um, a bit earlier this week that Lamar Jackson apparently had an offer for a slightly better deal uh, than what was given to Kyler Murray. Uh, we know Kyler Murray uh, just signed a new deal somewhere in that $46, $47 million per year range. Um, it was said that Lamar was offered, quote-unquote, a better deal 
than what Kyler Murray was given. Um, but there was not um, a guarantee. They said that Lamar wanted a fully guaranteed deal like um, uh, Deshaun Watson got with Cleveland. And we talked about the fact that Watson getting a fully guaranteed contract was going to, like, screw up the everything in, in that, like with how the NFL does things with Cleveland doing that, basically throwing everybody under the bus. Do you think – Lamar is making the right decision by not taking that deal and trying to hold out for a fully guaranteed contract going into a his you know his contract year this year. Oh, see, why not? If if a, if a rapist can get a guaranteed contract, why why not Lamar? <laughs> but you know, but you no, know, but honestly, besides all that off the field shenanigans, if you look at just numbers, Lamar has a better winning percentage. Than Watson, he has a better touchdown interception ratio than Watson, more touchdowns thrown than Watson, more yards than Watson, more rushing yards than Watson. He leads in every statistical category. Anyone MVP? The same, <laughs> yeah, his MVP that the same amount of playoff wins, and Lamar has done this without the, probably the greatest wide receiver in the NFL, which is what uh, Watson has had the whole time he was at Houston. He had, yeah. he had DeAndre Hopkins. He had a cheat code. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Lamar has never had a number one receiver ever. You had uh, Hollywood Butterfingers Brown, <laughs> and that was your top dude for the past couple of years. Right. And then, and then the man, I mean, the man did nothing but drop like touchdown passes. I think that and the Ravens have had coach. like the 30th. They've had a. Um, uh, their wide receiver core has been ranked in the bottom like, like 25th through 30th like every year that Lamar's been in the league. So he's had literally one of the worst wide receiver courts every year he's been in the league. Like, like this is almost as bad as when Donovan McNabb was with the Eagles and they refused to give Donovan a top-notch wide receiver, right? He went to four straight NFC Championship games with bums. And the one time they give him a true, like, number one wide receiver, Terrell Owens, they go to Super Bowl. Ain't that funny how that happens? <laughs> Ain't that funny how right? that happens? And, <laughs> and Lamar has never had a number one wide receiver. I mean, I, imagine what this guy could do if he had DeAndre Hopkins to throw to, oh, or right. Devontae Adams, or, or you know, one of those go-to guys. Or, or how about Haven? How about a, a competent, intact offensive line? Because not only have they had an offensive line, or wide receiver core is ranked in the bottom. Um, you know, 25th to 30th in the league. I believe his offensive line has also been ranked in the bottom 25th to 30th in the league His uh, every year he's yeah. been here. <laughs> no, you know what? Of course you hold out for a guaranteed contract. Why not? I mean, if, if Watson get one, Lamar's a better quarterback than Watson, then why can't I get a uh, – if I was Lamar, I'm like, yeah, I want a guarantee too. I mean, Watson, I guarantee he's going to be suspended for a whole season. Almost. I mean that's, that's that's fair to me. I I, I totally agree with you. I, I think that uh, you know that's that's the question, um, and, and you know we'll have to we'll have to see what happens. I, I just hope that that brother man gets it. He deserves it. He's earned it. Um, but I do want to uh, end the show with a huge huge announcement, um, and, and I'll be putting more stuff out on Twitter. Uh, we have uh, negotiated that. Uh, the Wake Up 502 crew is going to start doing live game day shows. Game day uh, 502 
is going to be going down 21st in Germantown. That's going to be happening. Uh, we have a new partnership with 21st uh, that we're going to be getting going. 1481 South Shelby Street. Uh, Louisville, Kentucky, 40217. So 21st in Germantown, we're going to be coming to you, so we're going to be doing our live shows here, and then we're going to be doing an additional show um, at 21st every Saturday game day. Um, expecting those game uh, those shows to probably start around 2, um, uh, maybe do a, a 2 to 4, um, noon to 2, something like that. Uh, make sure you stay tuned uh, to uh, at Rashawn, R-A-A-S-H-A-A-N, or at M-E Sports, or at That Boy's Good uh, for the additional details on that. But uh, it's coming up. we got big things coming, Haven. It's football season. Week zero. Love it, baby. Hey, I appreciate you. For Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly, this is Rashawn Myers saying we out. Stay gritty, Louisville. Peace.